Boss. Welcome to Your Bossy Podcast. We are on Season 2, Episode 4. Today's episode, it is titled Her Breaking Point. In the last episode, it was titled My Breaking Point. Today's episode, we'll be talking about somebody else. Before we continue, I do want to give you a fair warning that there will be some disturbing incidents in this episode. So proceed with caution, okay? This episode will also be the last episode of the season. I know it was very short, but um, there was just so much to go over that I felt like it had to have its own season as well. But um, it wasn't short enough where um, I could have just added it into an episode in a different season. So yeah, we're going to be closing up season two of the toughest two years of my life. For today's episode, I did get permission from her to talk about this incident and um, I won't be talking about her portion or her part and her experience too much. So that's why I have like my pro here is just to kind of keep me on track and and follow my little notes because I don't want to express something that it's not my my position or my place to express so that's why i have my pro in front of me and not to the side so let's get started her breaking point is about my niece ari and if you don't know who ari is ari is my sister that passed away's daughter so ari and andrew was the two children that i took in within the toughest two years of my life since my sister was a drug addict, it was really hard for them to live a stable life or to kind of keep their relationship with their mom at a healthy place. So um, I raised them for about like two years and um, it was kind of like I was the mother figure to them or I put on that mother's cape to try and be the best that I could and provide for them. In this episode, it will be talking about Ari's breaking point. She was about maybe like 11 to 13 at that time. And um, she was definitely in her teenager years. And it was very like, she was going through a lot and all the things that she experienced as well. It was really tough for her. So when I took her in, I mentioned that it was a struggle because they were really behind in school. They didn't really have friends or family that they knew for such a long time because they always moved around so much that it was difficult for them to sustain a relationship and even the relationship that I had with them um, I didn't really have a relationship with them because they were so far and I only started building that relationship with them when I kind of took them in and that was when our relationship started to build and started to get better however like Ari and I always had a good relationship because she is my oldest niece and so she was kind of the one that came into the family first out of all of the nieces so I have like a close bond and a close relationship with her and I've always like found that her and I always get along um, really well too so it was always like she was my person so I'm gonna go over what led to Ari's breaking point and you're probably wondering, like, what is Ari's breaking point? What are you talking about? And I will get to it, but it won't make sense unless you kind of see how it led up to it. So basically, 
after everything that you've listened to in the season two here. If you didn't listen to it, then go back and listen and get to know the details. But I will do a little refresher here. Basically, within the toughest two years of my life, I had to go through a lot of struggles as becoming a parent, quitting college, raising um, Ari and Andrew and providing for them, just working full time to provide um, the best that I could for them. And I let a lot of myself go and I put a lot of my focus onto them. I ended a really like committed relationship and everything was just kind of going downhill and then I came out to my family and them about my CSA incident and how I was sexually assaulted as a child. And then after that, I ran away from home. And after running away from home and hearing my dad cry and my dad tell me that he loves me for the very first time in my life, I decided to come back. And now all of this happened. And then when I came back, everything seemed like it was going fine. I was feeling like I had everything going for me and I was finally okay because I now had a support system behind me. Throughout all of this at the end, when I ran away from home and everything, I never stopped to think about Andrew and Ari and how, in a way, I had abandoned them because they had a roof over their head, they had food, they had my parents, they had um, a place to sleep, and they were going to school, they were making friends, and everything just seemed like okay. And I never took a moment to think about how when I ran away, it could have felt like to Ari and Andrew that I had abandoned them. Because like I said, I, I put on that mother's cape and I was really like that that parent figure to them where I disciplined them, I was there for them, I listened to them, I cried with them, I played with them. And it was like a parent and daughter and son relationship. So, you know, when I ran away, I thought that I was just trying to save myself and I didn't take a moment to think about how it could have affected them and it wasn't even until like who I am today where I, I started to think of all of these things that I did. So when I ran away and I came back, everything just seemed like it was going back to normal where we just started to live our normal lives and just go to school, go to work and all of that stuff. Since I was doing so good where I had support systems behind me I had ended a toxic relationship I had came out about being a CSA survivor I was basically like thriving I was trying to get into dating and all of that and so I was doing a really good job for myself throughout all of this I didn't really put a lot of my focus and my attention on Andrew and Ari anymore because they were there and they were growing up and they were going to school. Everything had seemed fine, you know. Um, I felt like I spent so much time trying to keep them safe and trying to provide for them and be everything to them that I felt like it was okay if other people were a part of that as well and that, you know, as long as they are safe, that's okay. And I think that that's where I failed and where I w went wrong as well is because I then didn't have a balance before and I didn't have a balance at that time as well because I didn't take moments to still spend quality time with them. Ari did express to me that she felt like I just put all of my focus on the people that I was talking to or in a relationship with and I had stopped hanging out with her or felt like alone and lonely and so that is kind of like what led her to her breaking point. So her breaking point happened in 2017. 
So from 2014 to 2016, that was the toughest two years of my life. And then after that, that was when I was I felt like I was thriving. I was trying to get out there. However, I didn't have a good balance of lifestyle because I didn't focus, put my energy or my attention to the kids either. So then, um, you know, in 2017, the beginning of the year, this is where it kind of starts to get a little bit graphic. Ari had attempted to commit suicide and it was an experience that just really traumatized me. And it was an experience that took me a very long time to process or heal from. Um, I still feel like there's a lot there that I haven't really dug deeper into, but um, I will share with you guys her breaking point and how I feel about all of this because I think that it's one thing to write your own suicide letter, which I revealed that in the last episode. And um, it's different from when you actually witness something firsthand and that person actually tried to do it and, and went through with it. So I won't share too much details because I feel like it's not my place. And I have talked to Ari where I don't think it's my place to share the details, but to only share what I experienced. So basically, I just remember that she had called for me and our rooms were kind of like a small hallway apart. And I had my own room. She had her, her own room and she was calling for me and... I didn't know why she was calling so much, but when I went, she had puked all over the bed, on the side of the bed. And I had asked her, like, why does she puke? And she was refusing to tell me why she was puking. And then, um, long story short, I found out that she had consumed some of my mom's uh, medication. And that's what caused her to puke because her body was kind of... Um, taking in the effects of the drugs. Later on, I found out that the reason why people puke when they attempt suicide by taking in pills is because that's one of the side effects that happens when you attempt suicide with taking pills. And then they usually die by choking on their vomit. However, because her body had had a strong reflex and she was able to still have the energy to lean over and puke it all out, that's why she puked on the side of the bed and she couldn't make it to the trash can. There were other things as well, like she was hallucinating a lot and she was saying that she was seeing things and all that kind of stuff. And then there was also like shaking. She started to shake and we didn't know why she was shaking, but of course, like it was part of the side effect as well. And so the shaking occurred as well. And, you know, when we witnessed the shaking, we were like, okay, we have to call the cops because we don't know how much she took. She said maybe a handful, but we don't know. And so we called the cops. And when we called the cops, they kind of questioned her. And yeah, they took her to the hospital. Throughout witnessing all of these things that had occurred. And this is something that I'm not proud of. But I think that I could understand why I was the way I was because of who I was. I talked about this as well. In one of the episodes where I believe it was season one, episode three, where I talked about coming out to my family about my CSA incident. And I had shared with my sister about how I was sexually abused by this person. And my sister was just so angry at me. And I couldn't understand why she was so angry at me. 
Throughout all of this with Ari, I was so angry at her. I couldn't understand why she would do it when I felt like she didn't even have much going on in her life, where she was living her with her mom, where she witnessed abuse anymore or that negative energy. And she was under a roof where it was safe. She had food to eat. She had her own room and everything. And I couldn't understand why she would do something that I felt was so stupid. And I was so angry at her that I felt like I was just like a robot, just just going through the actions of calling the cops, of being in the hospital by her side, of checking in on her. But my feelings of care and empathy and like emotional support was not there. And it was because I was so angry and I was so disappointed in her that I couldn't feel anymore and I couldn't I couldn't really express myself anymore. And um, I think that this moment was the moment where I kind of drew the line with her where like I couldn't do it anymore and um, being the version that I was, not a very empathetic version, not the best version of myself, finally choosing to do things for myself and she does this like I was so selfish at that time that I really um, just was a robot and I just did things without true feelings behind it. And I think that a part of that just eats me up because, you know, um, being the version that I am today, I just can't imagine like how she had felt and um, how much actual like love and support she needed before and even after all of that um and in a way I feel like this is where I I failed I failed as that parent figure to just be selfless all the time and give to my child I think that's that's one of the fear that I have um why I don't want children is I just don't I definitely didn't and I don't feel like I have a balance of being selfless and selfish and um you know just being that parent to to a child like although I was so angry at her and I had so much resentment and disappointment like I said I was still like a robot and just doing everything like sleeping next to her when she was in the hospital visiting her bringing her food checking it on her and even when she had to go to a rehab because when you do things like this and you're that young, you have to go to a psychiatric rehab. And so she had to go there and it was about four hours away. And I drove there to go visit her because she was stuck there for about like a week or two. I still went and visited her. And although I was still working and everything, like I, I found time to go. I think the part that just eats me up is that emotionally I wasn't there and even though physically I was there like I feel disappointed in myself being the version that I am today that I didn't have empathy for her and that just makes me feel very guilty when she was in the hospital I could see how much she wanted to live and I could see how much she wanted to survive and um how hard she was fighting because of the type of medication that she took she had 
the shakes for a very long time and she couldn't walk. She always needed assistance. When I was talking to her, she just said that she wishes she can start walking again and that she was scared that she wasn't going to be able to walk anymore. Throughout all of this as well, you're probably wondering now, where was Rose, Ari's mom, and where was Ari's dad? Well, there was a lot of complications. We couldn't get a, a hold of Rose, and so we had to resort to reaching out to Ari's real dad because since Ari was underage, we needed authorization and all of that, and the father needed to know because the mom was the one that had legal guardianship, but she wasn't around, so we were taking care of her. So we had to contact Ari's um, dad, and he came into the picture, and he was very supportive. He was sad. His new wife, which is um, Ari's stepmom, they were very supportive to helping Ari throughout all of this and trying to be there for her. After all of this, and um, Ari was coming out of the rehab center, there was a decision to be made because they were fighting really hard to have Ari and Andrew go and live with them. And we say, hey, as long as they want to, that's completely up to them. Um, you know, there's room and, and place here, but, you know, you are the father and there's only so much that we can do to provide for them because we don't have legal guardianship over them too. any kind of medical anything. It's always going to be you anyway. So. You know, if you have space and you want to, then talk to Ari and them and see if they're willing to go with you guys. Of course, like Ari, just being so young and never having that love of a father, she had the desire to want to go and live with her dad. And so her and Andrew both went to go live with their dad and their stepmom. And their dad and their stepmom already had, I don't know, maybe like four to five kids. So it was a pretty tight place, I believe, but um, they were willing to make it work. A piece of me felt relieved, to be honest, that I didn't have all of this burden of being responsible for these two children's lives and um, having to continue to raise them or be there for them or um, go through all of this with them. I felt relieved, but I also felt sad. and. I felt sad because that amount of time that I learned to be that mother figure or provide for them and fight for them, it of course like made me sad that I was letting them go and that um, they were going to go and start their life with their dad and they were no longer going to be a part of my life in that kind of way. I said my farewells and I said my goodbyes to them and it's not like they moved to a different state. They were still in the same state, but... They were on like the other side of the city, so it was about like maybe 30 to 45 minute drive. Even though I had let them go and live with their parents and I had that anger and that resentment, that disappointment and that feeling relief and all of that, it doesn't mean that I, I hated them and that I wanted them gone and that I was a bad person to them. I think that just the emotional part of me, like I couldn't feel that deep deep love that i had when we first took them in into the household it's really hard to explain and i think about how when people have kids like do you ever get a moment to just feel this way towards your kids i honestly don't know like i 
I feel like there's so much complications when it comes to having a child. And maybe if you're listening to all this, you're like, you definitely don't deserve a child. You don't, you shouldn't have a child when you can't even be there for them and all that stuff. But um, I think that I was just like any other parent as well, that I'm not perfect and I'm learning as I'm going. And so I do want to give myself grace for that too, that although I had all of these moments of being disappointed and being upset that I was still able to be in robot mode and still love them and still be there for them because even after they they left to go live with their dad, I was still there for them and whatever they needed, I was there and I provided for them and like I fought for them still. I fought for Ari because maybe it was about like two years in already or a year in and her dad, which, you know, in the beginning when they took to her and Andrew in, it was all like rainbows and butterflies and like, you know, we're here for you and all that. But of course, like, it's so interesting to say that like, there are cruel step parents out there. And so I think there was like bad blood there as well. And, um, you know, it came to a point where Andrew and Ari was just too much for them. And I felt like, um, you know, they, they couldn't control or they couldn't handle Andrew and Ari. It's very hard because the way that they grew up, Andrew and Ari, there was a lot of things that like needed disciplinary actions. And so um, instead of, you know, going the right ways with the disciplinary actions, Ari's dad was still kind of like in the mindset of trying to get rid of Ari by making her get married and um, she was only about maybe like 16 17 at, at the time Ari had called me saying that she was gonna go and get married and that she was having complications with her dad because her dad and then won't take her in because she was sleeping over at her boyfriend's house I get it when um, your child is so uncontrollable that you can't control them and not to say that Ari was in the right or anything, but also I don't think that forcing your child to get married at the age of 16 or 17 is the right way to discipline your child or to get rid of that that like burden as well. And so they were trying to get Ari to go get married and I was fighting and I was like, no, you're not going to go get married. And she said that, well, she's going to go get married because her dad won't let her back in the house and all of that stuff. So I even at that moment, I fought for her and I and I told her that you're not going to go get married. If your parents don't want you, then you can come back and live with grandma and grandpa and I and we can work something out and you're just going to have to stop going to your boyfriend's house. And, you know, um, she explained to me at the time that she was at her boyfriend's house because the weather was bad. And so she had slept over. But, you know, little teenagers, I'm not sure if she was lying or not, but it's still I think the fact is that she was doing those kind of things. So that's why her parents were fed up with her. But I think that overall, though, like a child doesn't deserve to be forced into marriage at that age. Ari being put in that situation, although I wasn't even the person that really could have a say in her life, right? Like, I'm not her parent, but still, I, I fought for her. And I think that what I did there was a really good thing because I think that being married at such a young age, 
limits the opportunities that you could have in life and what you could do. I fought for her at that moment as well. And those kind of incidents, like there were so many of those that occurred with Andrew and Ari and their father and stepmom, where, you know, although they were not a part of my life anymore, where I was that mother figure to them. I still fought for them every single step of the way. And to this day, I continue to fight for them and I continue to be there for them. And I think a part of that makes me feel really relieved that it's not that I'm a bad person based off of me feeling so disappointed and angry at that moment of Ari's incident, but that I am just a human being where I'm able to feel certain things with certain incidents and at the end of the day, like, I'm not a bad person for feeling the way that I feel. And like I said, even though Ari was giving me such a hard time and raising them was such a hard time for me that I was still in robot mode doing everything that I could for them. To conclude in everything that I shared about Ari's incident and how I felt and everything that I've um, done for them, I feel like her breaking point was something that really affected my life and really changed my way of life where I have a lot of like issues with the raising a kid area or having my own child and um, the level of disappointment in myself not just her but in myself and how I felt and how um, you know I felt selfish and um, I couldn't give my all to the person and you know there's a lot of like um, healing to do there and a lot that I have already healed but definitely a lot to heal still in that area and I think that the biggest thing that I take from this is that nobody is perfect even when you're a mother or like that parent figure you're not going to be perfect sometimes you might do things where you will come off very selfish or you will make mistakes and in a way you just have to see that you have to take care of yourself too so that you can better take care of your children. I think that another big lesson is just to know how to balance everything out. Don't overwhelm yourself with the child's needs and um, take on all of the responsibilities by yourself. There are help out there. There are people out there. And, you know, in my case, I could have asked my, my family to be more involved, which I failed to do so. So it's things like that where... You know, you don't have to take on everything by yourself. Forgive yourself when you've made mistakes like me where I felt like the reason why Ari had done what she did was because I abandoned her and I ran away from home and um, I wasn't there for her anymore. And, you know, forgiving myself for that has been very hard. But of course, like I talked to Ari about it and I share with her my regrets and um, you know, how I feel about the incident and my apology definitely about, you know, I wish I would have known better and I would have done A, B or C. That leads us to the message of today's episode. And this was something that I think throughout all of this, all of this that I shared with you in this episode is what I failed to do and what I failed to see because I was so angry at Ari that I made it about me and I made it about um, my problems where I had compared it to my CSA incident and I said, Ari doesn't have it bad. She was never raped or molested like how I was. 
she literally has a roof over her head. She has a room to herself at the age of like 11 to 13. And I'm over here like 19, 20 years old. And I finally just got my very first room to myself. So what could be so wrong with her life that she wants to kill herself? And I failed to see her pain. And something that I really learned reflecting about this whole incident is that no one's pain is greater or lesser than the other because pain is pain. And I failed to see Ari's pain because I had compared it to my pain and thinking that my pain was greater in that if I'm not killing myself, then why would you kill yourself? And I didn't see Ari for her pain. I didn't see how she had taken or how she had gone through all of the experiences in her life and how she took that in and how that had affected her and what she was going through that had led her to that very moment of thinking that ending her life was better than living. I think oftentimes we fail to give ourselves or we fail to see that pain is pain. And we do this thing where we compare that Oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way because there are people in another country that are starving or in poverty and they don't even have anything to eat. So I shouldn't be feeling sad or mad or depressed about X, Y, Z. That's where we fail a lot of the times to acknowledge our feelings, to acknowledge other people's feelings and not see that pain is pain and that all pain matters. So I want you to remember and I want you to practice seeing that pain is pain and to not compare people's pain to another person's pain or to your pain or that your pain is less valuable than another person's pain because your feelings are valid and they matter to you and those pain matter to those people. We can all use a little bit of work of acknowledging that pain is pain. So that concludes for today's episode. I hope that you found something in today's episode. I know it was a little bit like graphic or like disturbing. I really appreciate you being here, boss. That is the end for this episode and the end for this season. Season two, the toughest two years of my life. I hope to see you guys in the next season. Thank you so much for supporting me as always and stay being the bad boss that you are, okay?